Hey y'all, we're back. And as expected, we did not get through all seven habits Imagine of that. highly effective people. We were not highly effective in no. that. But today we're going to pick up on habit three. If you want to check out habits one and two, go back to the previous episode. And we're just going to see how far we can get on Stephen Covey's seven habits of highly effective people. Let's do it for your daily dose of moral support. Are you tired of being alone with your own thoughts? Do you need moral support? Well, you're in the right place. I'm Shara. And I'm Ginger. And we invite you to the table as we share stories, conversations, and moral support from our view as middle-aged besties. Let's go. All right. So here we are picking up our conversation from the last episode. And super quick, habit one was be proactive. You're in charge. Don't be reactive. Don't be a victim. No more pity parties. Number two. Two is begin with the end in mind. Yeah. Establishing your values, where you want to end up, kind of your life mission statement, and then aligning your behaviors, relationships, and habits right. that send you that direction. Which leads us literally to it habit three. Leads us three. literally to habit three, which implements both of those things. Right. So the first one was understanding that you are in charge. And then the second one is making a plan of mm-hmm. where you want to be. But then the number three, the principle is put first things first. Mm -hmm. And it really just means implementing or just because you're in charge doesn't mean you've taken charge. Yeah. I know I have a will. I know I have the ability (laughs) to make decisions, but am I making that happen? And so when we were, I also want to say a quick disclaimer. I know I'm doing all the talking right now, but um, (laughs) we don't go back and edit these like to take out the dumb stuff. We just share that dumb stuff with you. (laughs) Well, we established the fact that these are just conversations if you sat at the table right. with us. And so we've invited you to our table, and this is pretty much what you get. And maybe you don't have a friend that you talk about things like this with, but I encourage you to, to find someone like that. You're responsible. Yes, be proactive. That's right. <laughs> and so um, just we love digging through these things and, and finding uh, ways to help each other grow and all that. So um, what all we said to... Our point behind that was that before we recorded, we were chatting in between um, getting this episode started. And one of the things that I told her that I heard or read, it may, it. may have been even in this book, but that just really arrested me, mm-hmm. made me think, and that I have it's kept me is schedule your values. That is my, I, like, I'm going to live by that now. Right? I'm, t- I'm taking that Isn't home Isn't that with a me. paradigm shift? Yeah. I mean, what is that even? Just let that sit there for a minute. Schedule your values. That's painful for somebody like me because I am a skip. I'm very, you know, my, yeah. I'm not even a digital planner. Like I have my paper planner. I love January. I love Monday. I love New Year's Day is my favorite holiday of the year. So, you know, I put all of that on paper. I put all of that into, I mean, I've even got down to the day to day, what we do, all of that kind of thing. Right. So then I have to say, stop and wonder, am I scheduling? But you know, beyond that, you can put it in the schedule, but do you know how many times my to-do list rolls over? Yeah. And sometimes but it's here's with the, high priority things. Yes. But I think uh, he in this book, if you had it, there's a matrix that he puts out and he wants you to fill out. There's an app for it and everything. Yeah. And I'm, I struggle with doing things consistently and doing things scheduled, but it's... I'll do it for a while and I'll have to get back on the wagon, so to speak. But it's, it's, a, it's a, ma- yeah, where'd the wagon go? It's a matrix. 
And in the first box, it's urgent and important. And these are crisis pressing problems that deal with a close deadline. You can't ignore them. Right. The house is burning down. The yes. meeting's tomorrow. I mean, this has to be I'm speaking addressed. at this conference. Exactly. Tomorrow. I have to get to the airport. That's pressing. Right. You know, right. And then the not urgent are things like planning, new opportunities, relationship building. They're, they're, it's not that they're not important. But they're um, not they're not the urgent. They don't immediately require my attention, so they can be neglected. And then there's the not important interruptions, emails, some calls, some meetings. Um, and then there's the not urgent um, in the fourth quadrant, which is busy work, some calls, some emails, time wasters. Well, we spend all of our time usually on urgent and urgent, time. urgent, <laughs> but not, I mean not important, right? Things that grasp. Our, that fight for our attention. And we easily neglect the things that are listed as not urgent, but important. Investing well, usually, in those things. They're usually longevity, you know, goals. They're yeah. things like it's planning ahead. Yeah. Having lunch with those friends. Um, anyway, so it's a very convicting thought pattern to schedule your values. But first, before you can schedule your values, you have to establish your values. Mm-hmm. And that goes back to begin with the end in mind. Who am I? So we, as a church, we have stated values. As a family, mm-hmm. as an individual, I think we have things on paper that if somebody asked us what was important to us, you know, my family is the most important thing to us. Well, that's on paper. Yeah. But let's do an audit of your behavior. Are you a workaholic? Do you ever spend time with your family? Do you mm. sit around and play games? Do you laugh? Or is it just in theory, in a crisis, mm-hmm. they're important to you? Your marriage, my marriage is so important to me. Well, how many times have we, I'm going to use Chick-fil-A, different, Yeah. you know, there's the CEO, the founder, and you get these qualities that you love that draw um, their values, their core values within a corporation, whether it's a retail store yeah. or a restaurant. Excellence. And then you get all of these, you know, my pleasure and you get the quality right. and all of these things. And then you get a new owner or the CEO passes away or something. Mm. And all of a sudden you're like, there's something different about this place. Right. There's something that has changed. And if that new CEO or that new management hasn't carried over those same core values in operation and enforced them, right. then you lose the value of the whole corporation. It loses credibility. Yeah. I can't say on the wall, fresh customer service, clean, but everybody's a jerk and it's a mess and everything's yeah. stale. They're rude. The evidence is going to be what people believe, Yeah, not what's on the wall, no. not what's in your mission statement, but what's in your life. Mm-hmm. And, you know, in a spiritual walk, which... We're believers. We walk like that. You know, you could say you you pray or you're a prayer warrior or, but are you praying? Right. I mean, you could say you have a daily walk. Well, in this book called, um, and I, I know I've been going on and on about it this weekend together, but the Fierce Conversations, yeah. she does a whole chapter on the integrity gap. That's yeah. when our stated values and our ground truth, actual behavior don't align. Yeah. And as I'm learning, even as I'm studying psychology, that's called cognitive dissonance. Yeah. When your stated belief about something and your behavior are contradicting each other, right. that causes physical illness. It's psychoimmunology. Some big word I can't Ooh, pronounce cool. right now, but it's it physically impacts you. 
So you've got a your body knows mm-hmm. that you're lying to yourself, that you're acting um, not in concert with your values, but you're act- acting contrary to your values. And God put that in us. Yeah, it's that inner tug, that anchor that's trying to pull us back to our moral center. And, you know, we call it conviction and then quenching that spirit. If we put snooze on it long enough, it's we, calloused. Yes, absolutely. It's so well, to, you'll strengthen whatever you continue to do. Right. I mean, or whatever you continue, whatever you allow will continue right. all of those things. But people are looking for authenticity. They are. And as Christians, as leaders in our homes and our families, what we do, you know, I, you can impact you impress from a distance, you impact up close because right. they can see. And I also say a lot of times who you are at home is who you really are. Mm-hmm. And facing that truth is is hard, but being authentic is yeah. where the most reward comes from. Well, and you end up, it ends up being that like somebody could say, well, he's a family man. He doesn't have to announce that he's a family man. Mm-hmm. It's because he's in implemented all of the things to yes. become. You don't have to. You don't have to tell people you're classy. You don't have to. If, if you do, you're probably not. <laughs> well, you don't have to tell people you pray. Yes. I mean, people will know that you are a spiritual per- spiritual person because right. you present as somebody who, you know, has. I don't. Vesta Manga doesn't have to stand up and say I'm a prayer warrior. Right. I mean, we'd all be like, we well, are known by your fruit, mm-hmm. right? But sometimes I think people can <clears throat> be. Well, we think people can be fooled, but we try to fool ourselves. Uh, you can, just a little bit. Just a little I mean, bit. Just for a moment, but you can fool. Back to this book, what he says to do, which I like, is what's one thing that you could do regularly that you aren't currently doing that would improve you? And you can insert personal life here, professional life, spiritual, spiritual life. Yeah. Just the, the power of that pausing to actually assess and prioritize and ask yourself that one question Mm -hmm. beyond even before you even do it, having the emotional intelligence and self-awareness to stop and say, okay, what action could I be doing? It's kind of painful even sitting here talking about it. It's convicting. I can feel, Yeah, I mean, I have goals in mind. I have, I mean, because once you establish certain things, like, okay, when you're growing, I want to have a, I want to have a daily walk. Right. Well, once you've established that you've, I mean, you've got a daily walk. You have to keep on the path. And but for those who are listening, who don't, who aren't consistent. Exactly. What is something that you're not currently doing that right. you could do that could help you be consistent? In exactly. Your daily? Just one baby yes. step that yes. you, it's not a matter of you knowing what how to, to do, do it or yeah. what to do, but acknowledging this would work, right. but I'm not doing it. And then scheduling it. Oof. Make a time for How it. How are you ever going to get to the end that you have in mind? If you schedule your values. Schedule your values. I love it. It's really transformational. Well, and- you have to own your days. I teach this a lot. You have to, especially with young adults, you have to teach this a lot. They, they've got to understand either the day will own you or you're going to own your day. Well, and, and I want to just stop here and say a lot of the stuff that we're saying sounds idealistic and that you're going to, we're making it sound like you're going to feel like doing it. Oh, but please don't be deceived because that day is not going to come where mm-hmm. you're just going to bounce out of bed and schedule your value. If you bounce out, you'll probably stub your toe. Exactly. Expect resistance, plan for it. And also some people are in very 
negative environments or they're struggling physically or maybe even depression. And there are some things that are, and even back it up, say, maybe I'm not to that step. What are some things I can do? Maybe it's go to the doctor. Yeah. Maybe it's take some vitamins, get some sunshine. Well, we should both throw that in there. We've been there. Yeah, absolutely. You don't get any more real than the fact that we have struggled with, I mean, physical health, right? And we're just going to throw it out there. And I want to tell you one thing: Seven Habits of Highly Effective People was the last thing on my mind. Oh my Getting word. out of bed and functioning was a success. Well, I mean, it's all intertwined: mental, spiritual, physical. 100%. I mean, I can be sick, and after a while, if I don't get over it, it's affecting me mentally, right. emotionally. It's a, I mean, you know. And then if you are not strong enough spiritually, you start to. Well, maybe even if you are, if it's hard enough. You get affected, it's like, why is God allowing this? And then Absolutely. your spiritual and you start feeling is, sorry for yourself. And I mean, there's a quick spiral if you're not careful. So we get it. You're not going to feel, I don't know. I, I, I say this a lot too. I don't always get up and feel like praying. No. I don't, sometimes when I pray, I don't actually feel anything while I'm praying. If we went by our feelings, Ooh. would we even I feel like that's a whole be married? Would our kids be alive? Do you? I mean, literally, <laughs> I don't wake up every day and say, I'm just so happy that you're the one that I chose. Yeah. You know, I just, well, I don't know. Well, that's, you know what that's I mean? Loose. It sounds extreme, but yeah. if it, truly, if you acted in the moment by what you felt, I just like going to work today. I don't feel like paying my mortgage today. Well, and people, let's translate that. People will commit to work because they get paid for it, but I don't feel like going to church today. Mm. And then, well, I didn't feel like it. I wasn't there. Right. I mean, what is your priority? What is your value? Did you schedule? Well, I got to wash the car. I got, well, fa- I want to have time with my, have you heard that before? Yes. We needed family time. The best family time you can have. What are your values? Right. What are you going to schedule in? Do you want spiritual kids? Do you want the church's influence in your family? Right. Schedule that value and get your family. So you end up being, you, you kill two birds with one stone. Absolutely. You have family time. And you've got spiritual influence and commitments. Right. And- Absolutely. I think that scheduling your values is so powerful. But I just wanted to take a little detour there because I know sometimes, depending on your state of mind or your current circumstances, you can feel like this is, you know, idealistic. And and I understand that. But it can be as small. This can be, I don't want to say dumbed down, but it can be brought all the way down to right where you are. I remember Absolutely. being depressed and sick and still thinking, what is some small thing I can do mm-hmm. that can move me towards the light? Yeah. You know, and and still I was also being driven by my values, even in that horrible situation. I got up, I went to church, I led, I Absolutely. did what I knew to do. Yes. And that is so important. Keep doing what you know to do. Right. And you'll get there. Brian has a statement and I love it. it it's so basic, but there's never been a time when it didn't work out. In all of history, something of it, because we're still here. Absolutely. Humanity is still right. here. I mean, it may not work out the way that you intended, but there's never been a time where it didn't work out. And I mean, when you have faith in God, if you just keep doing the things that you know to do, something's going to turn around. Something You're going to come out. Right. You're going to come out one way or the other. And you have, that's a whole other thing. You have a choice in how you come out. Absolutely. You have a choice. The power of our personal choice and leveraging that for our own well-being and our own path forward is is really the key to success. Yeah. Acknowledging it, yes, it's powerful, but actually implementing yeah. that. If you I mean, the power that we have is so powerful. <laughs> wow, that was so deep. But it's really staggering. I but know. we give our power away and we underestimate it. But what we're individually capable of based on just our decision 
making power and the behavior that we put behind it. If you want to grow, you want to learn, you want to be a better wife, a better um, teacher, a better anything, you just have to make it a priority. Yeah. And stop. And take the first step. I mean, as simple as I'm struggling, you were talking about depression or, you know, I, I feel like whatever that looks like, somebody today could just go delete an app that absorbs your time. Period. I mean, what is one small thing that yeah. I'm currently not doing that I could do in your diet? I want to be healthier. One small thing. Okay. I, I'm not going to, you can't just flip okay, everything let's do it, over. Let's do it right now. Okay. Let's both think of something okay. small that we're not doing that we could be doing that would improve either our physical well-being, spiritual or personal or professional. What's one small thing that we're not doing that we could be doing? You go first. Me, I could be exercising every day. I was a little while back. Uh, it's small. I could do it 10 minutes a day. I can. I could. I have the power to do that. I make my own schedule. I could do that. Exactly. But I'm not doing that. Okay. So, uh-huh. but I want to live long and healthy for my grandchildren. I want to lead for a long time. I don't want to be. And I don't want to just be alive. I don't want to. Right. I want to thrive. Quality. I yeah. don't want to be a burden on anybody. I want to to run as hard and fast as I can until my time is up. And if I'm not taking care of myself, then I am, there's a discrepancy there mm-hmm. in my long-term vision and my current behavior. Absolutely. Although I have lost weight and I'm drinking less sodas and all these things, I'm trying to do better. Something that would really help move me forward is exercising every day. It's the next step. Right. So I just talking through this right now, I'm thinking, okay, what is stopping me? What's in the way? Guess what? It's me. Who can I blame? Yeah, I know. I have 10 minutes for everything else I want to do. So I have to make a decision to schedule that value, set an alarm and challenge my, and reward myself. Hey, because for me, consistency is a problem. Um, I've done this for seven days now. I'm going to buy some new shoes or whatever. Um, and, and keep myself encouraged and get a partner, accountability partner. Mm-hmm. I want you to ask me a week from today, how many times did you mm-hmm. exercise for a minimum? Mm-hmm. I, and I want to keep myself in a doable window. Yeah. To me, I just want to start with 10 minutes yeah. a day of, you know, and I know that's different than like walking and things, but like actually doing some little curls with my things or some push-ups or some stretches, just something to get the ball rolling. Well, I, I did, will die if I start with like an hour. Well, I, and I'm at the gym now. I mean, and I started with, I literally told Brian, I said, he said, you're going to the gym. I said, yes, but I am going for 30 minutes. Like that's my, I'm going for 30 minutes and I'm walking on the treadmill and that's all I'm Something doing. You can be successful at literally. I just, and at 30 minutes, I'm walking back out the door because Good. I'm going to give myself that 30 minutes um, and, and the reason I, I actually prefer to walk outside, but it's Chicago, Chicago winter. In winter. <laughs> so I just was determined. And that is actually one step that I made. And now I'm there four to five times a week wow. for 45 minutes to an hour. And I'm walking at least 30 minutes. I'm even running on the treadmill and I've included weights in there. And you know, I, I can see the progress. Mm-hmm. So I actually, I get it. I mean, just but you scheduled it you made it a priority. I did. And then it I be- have to schedule the book writing. Yes. Okay. So that's your thing. That is my thing. So what can you do that you're not doing? Um, quit avoiding, quit avoiding, <laughs> but with something small mm-hmm. thing that you not just quit avoiding that's too abstract. I actually did this. So, um, because it can be, I can totally, just stop because it gets overwhelming to me. I overanalyze everything and and I get lost in that. And I just, I freeze up, but I just last week started doing things like I contacted my cover artist 
the girl okay. that's going to, to, you know, draw up the cover art. So that made me feel like I was into it. Right. It, it got it moved me, it forward. Yes. So I started every day and since I've been here, I haven't, but every day I thought I'm just going to get in there and start doing something. I'm going to write a little, I'm going to reorganize. Okay. I'm going to. Okay. So maybe that doesn't count. Pick an area that you're not already doing. That I'm not already doing. Or something. so that you can add to that. I am so scheduled. This is actually kind of, I feel like I'm always doing that. What else could I do? Um, I probably need to spend less time, um, scrolling. Okay. I mean, that's painful to admit, but. And what, what activity could you replace it with that you feel like would be more? (laughs) Writing my book. Okay. (laughs) There we go. We're going to add 10 to 15, 20 minutes, 30 minutes to subtract from this column and add to this column. I feel like I'm really lame in here, but I think that's because I'm a, I'm a goal setter. Yeah. And so I'm actually. I'm on track. It's right now we're, what month is this? This is February. Mm-hmm. So I am still in. So the she has already arrived at the highly effective state no. and she <laughs> no longer needs year. to work. Uh, no, I'm in on, a year no, and I'm already kind of working towards those goals that I yeah. set for myself. So I'm, I feel like I'm already kind of doing these things. Now talk to me in July and right, see if right. I need to reestablish and revisit those things. But because it's a new year and I'm a goal setter, I'm, I'm in that so I, I feel like it's just, I don't want to make it sound like, well, I'm already there, but no, I got that's you. my mentality is I'm very goal oriented and I'm very steps but to it. Just so that for both of us with our goals and plans, and I'm not as goal oriented as you are. I, I am. I do. You're set, a visionary set and achieve goals, but I'm not. I'm three steps. I like, may not take every baby step in between. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I'll just, you know, yeah. go all in. But, um, oh, but the. And, and I guess we've said it a bunch of times is going back to your busy schedule in your life. And are these aligned with my values? I could even miss prayer. I mean, if I don't intend that, if I say I'm too tired, yeah. I mean, I pray in the morning. That's when I do it. That's, that's, I need, otherwise it hangs over my head the rest of the day, which is not what prayer should do. Right. Prayer is a relationship. It should go, it shouldn't be isolated to a morning hour. Agree. It should be an all day long thing. But I, I mean, I have to schedule that in. This is what I do. And if the morning is going to start earlier, like if I have other things, I have to set my clock back and say, I'm going to get up and make sure that this happens because it is a value of mine. It is important to me. I want everything that I do in my day to flow out of my prayer time with the Lord. Mm. And if I don't, I mean, so sometimes that scheduling has to make adjustments or I miss it, but that is a value. And then I have backstepped almost. Right. I mean, one day of prayer, the Lord's not going to just. Of course. I don't divorce my husband because we didn't talk for a day. I know. It just, we got to catch up. We got to catch get, up, yeah. get back on track Absolutely. with communication. All right. We're actually, time is slipping on by. Let's just go ahead and move on to habit four, which is, um, it's not as deep to me. I'm actually going to read a little bit to help you get the concept. It's called Think Win Win. Okay. A win win situation. So everybody wins. Right. I win, you win. And it's really a matter to me of of teamwork and interpersonal relationship development, just not making sure I get what I want, but that I'm looking out. So we're not self-centered. For other people. What we've talked about so far is what can I do for me? Right. Agreements are, and solutions are mutually beneficial. Uh, all parties feel satisfied with the outcome. To embody this mindset, life must be seen as a cooper- uh, cooperative, not um, 
a competition. Consequently, anything less than a win-win outcome goes against the pursuit of interdependence, which means I lean on you and you can lean on me, which is the most efficient state of operating with within. So to develop a win-win mindset, you cultivate habit of interpersonal leadership. That means self-awareness, like how am I coming? Am I being too pushy? Am right. I being too uh, imagination, conscience, independent will? And you probably have to read the book to get the depth of this, but it's really about making agreements with each other, listening to the other party, um, having supportive systems and agreed upon outcomes and following through processes. So my, all of that, those first three habits where I'm working on me doesn't literally um, snowball or, or steamroll over someone else. Right. My little personal mission and vendetta is never independent of the people working with and around so you've me. You've got to have some EQ. You've got to have some emotional intelligence. Yes. And read the room. I'm not the only one going through a hard time. And you leave, how do you leave people? How do you like, when you walk away, what's in the wake? Yes. How do people feel when you leave the When you walk into the room, yes. everybody cringes. <laughs> everybody pretends. Well, I always say, when you show up to the office or when you show up to wherever, does everybody say, oh, she's here? Yeah. Or do they say, oh, she's here? Yes. Some people are like clouds. Yeah. It gets brighter when they go away. Ouch. Oh, my. Yeah. So the there's that. that story is, don't be a cloud. Don't be cloudy. Bring sunshine. Uh, well, you know, it's just being responsible for the impact that your mood and your actions, taking accountability for that. Mm-hmm. Emotion, when the reference to the wake is like when a, you're awake zone with a boat, mm-hmm. like you, when you're riding a jet ski through the, the dock area. Right. You don't want to disrupt. That's supposed to be a calm area. But whenever you're gone, you're long gone into peaceful still waters. But the wake that you left behind is is still impacting people. Mm -hmm. The word that you just said in passing or the criticism that you let roll off your tongue, you know, you're not just um, somebody else might can say that it comes off as a grain of sand, you know, a fly swatter. When I say it, it's a sledgehammer. Yeah. Because the weight, the words have more weight. And for a leader, there really are no careless throwaway Mm-mm. words. They, they matter. Mm-hmm. And so making sure that you take care of the people um, on your team and that you're both all working together towards the same goal. Well, you want the team to win. It's not just about you. A good leader is about the team. It's about the people. Um, but a good parent is about the family. It's not just about mom. It's not just, you know, that whole, if mom right. ain't happy, ain't nobody happy. Well, what if mama is happy? Yeah. Mama could be What happy. impact does that have on the rest of the family? And habit one was. <laughs> yeah, exactly. You're in charge. That's it's right. You be responsible. You set the tone, you know, for the home. And so. You're, uh, Rob said something one time years ago. He said, uh, be a thermostat, not a thermometer. Absolutely. So you can change the environment. You can make it better. You can make it worse. Um, you know, I mean, you have influence. We talked about that in last episode, how you have influence it may be huge, it may be smaller, but your life matters enough to where there's influence somewhere. Absolutely. You have influence on the people that you pass in the store. Wow. Like how much greater is it? We had a lady that, um, she only visited Calvary a few times and it was early on. I was probably maybe in my mid thirties and we jokingly said I was the Walmart pastor's wife because I would see all these people at Walmart <laughs> and they would say, oh, there's first lady, Walmart first lady, you know? And one time I, I just was, I must have been intent on my list because we know I'm a list maker and I, maybe I was in a hurry. I do not remember, but Uh-oh. it got back to us. Now she wasn't a regular at Calvary. She had only right. visited a handful of times, but it came back to us 
that she would not come back because I didn't acknowledge her and smile at her at Walmart. Now that is petty. That's petty on her end. Right. But she looked to me to know and to recognize her and to smile at her, which is really weird because I'm so friendly that I smile at everybody that I pass by typically. Right. But I must have been in the zone. I must have been. But it's so simple. That was influence. It influenced her to not come back to church. Wow. Does she have personal responsibility? Sure, but this is not about her. It's about right, me. Right, but that was that's reality to her. That's, you know. And it's influence. You have, you influence, have influence whether you, you know, whether you open the door for somebody, whether you're polite, whether it doesn't matter if the cashier is rude, you could say, thank you so much for your help today and walk away. You may have just turned <sighs> the whole, and then the you've got the ripple word. effect where all of a sudden she's like, you know what? I feel better. And then she influences the next customer. And okay. Then- I was just literally thinking while you were talking, which I shouldn't be doing that. I should just be listening. Cause the next one is about listening, seeking first to understand and then to be understood, <laughs> which but we're clearly going to have the, to do next time. I thought we should do a, a whole episode on the butterfly effect. Uh, Matt Linton just ministered recently uh, at our church about that. But the psychological term for that is sensitive dependence, how everything infects, infects, affects something else <laughs> or it's the, infects. It's the whole ripple pay it forward thing, positively or negatively, but you, and it just, it's so wild. He, he talked about this man who made a hybrid for corn or grain and how you can grow in a greenhouse. Okay. Don't tell the whole thing. Save 2 billion lives. Okay. And then he got back to the guy before him yes. and before him and before, and whose, whose credit really is it? Yeah. And it goes, the whole thing is your mood impacts one person mm-hmm. and they turn around and respond differently than they may would have to somebody else. And they, let's think about this. Yesterday we had some technology was not our friend. No, it, it was, was not, not our friend. It was the, and it was interesting because the two of us, we had influence over each other. When one of us would kind of get frustrated, the other one could kind of stay, you know what, we're going to get this figured out. We're going to do. And then when the other one would kind of, you know what, let's go get something to eat. We got to get some, right. some fuel. And, you know, we had influence to help perpetuate the fact that we're here today. Exactly. It's still here. We got through the technological issues. Oof. So... And on that note, do we have a lightning? I am desperately trying to pull up the awesome questions we had from last time, but I'm going to go ahead and transition and just believe by faith that we're going to come up with some great lightning round questions right now. Woo! Okay, lightning round question. What do you put on your hamburger? Oh, everything. Define everything. Everything. Cheese, mayo, mustard, ketchup, pickles, onions, to all beef patty, special sauce, lettuce, cheese, pickles, onions on a What in the seed. wide world are you talking about? That, don't you remember the old McDonald's jingle? Okay. Sorry about this ping. My daughter won't leave me alone. Um, uh, anyway. Welcome to real life. Welcome to real life. Again, it's unedited. Unedited. <laughs> okay. What name did you want to have when what you were a little girl? Hamburger. Oh, I put cheese, mayonnaise, mustard, and pickle. Okay. What'd you say? Um, I said cheese. No, no. What was the next question? <laughs> oh, eight. Oh, hold on. Eight, eight, seven, six, five, four. Um, the next question. Did I give a next question? Something about my name. What name did you want to have when you were a little kid? Oh, Amy. Amy. That's I know. hilarious. I wanted when to- we played pretend, I was always Amy. All right. I know. And I wanted to be um, either Samantha or Sabrina. You're very much more creative. Until Sabrina, the teenage witch, came out. I was going to name my kid Sabrina. But my best friend when I was in elementary school, her name was Amy. And I just always just thought that. Amy. I just, so when we would play, not with her, obviously, her name was 
<laughs> Sophia has been trying to get on the, the podcast since we started. Yep. And so here she is today pinging. I just have to tell her that she just made the podcast. <laughs> anyway, so we're going to close out with Amy and, and Samantha <laughs> telling you we'll see you next time. Ha <laughs> ha!